Welcome everyone to Plugged and Unplanned. It's Tony Nash back with you again, the CEO of Booktopia. And I've got with me an author today, Alistair Gordon, his new book, Master Expert, The Age of the Expert is Here. How to use expertship to achieve peak performance, seniority, and influence in a technical role. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much for the invite, Tony. Very much appreciate it. Now, I've got the book in my hand, everyone, and it is pretty heavy um, in comparison to most books. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weighing in there. Um, so um, when you, and, and I've got, you know, when I flick through the pages, it's, it's you, know, very, you know, very well structured. Um, Alistair, when you, when you think about this book, and you've done it um, in conjunction with Dominic Johnson, the co-author, when you guys put this together, um, is it something that um, you got to really work your way through it uh, from from the first page to the last page to develop your skills, or do you just work in different different sections? How, just you know, how how is it going to be received by by other knowledge experts, which I think is what you know what's designed for to how to how to reposition your your talent and your experience to be of, of more value to the market? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think the answer is that people are using it in lots of different ways, Tony. So, um, you know, I've had people say to me, they've started on page one and they've gone all the way through to, and as you've pointed out, it's quite long, page 724 or whatever it is, um, which is seems very long, but, um, you know, I must say that it's written in a very conversational style. That's quite, so we've tried to make it very accessible. But there are other people who the thought of reading 724 pages consecutively, you know, sort of makes them lose the will to live. So they, they it's structured in such a way that you can really go in and, and sort of, a lot of experts, you know, want, for example, help with um, building much more win-win stakeholder relationships, you know, with, with the various stakeholders they have. So that, you know, there's three or four chapters that are specifically on that. Others, you know, want to be able to delegate stuff so they can, get, you know, get to the higher order, higher value work that they want to do in their job. So there's some, there's some chapters on, you know, delegating and coaching and what have you. And there's others who want to be able to interface with the business better and understand how to, you know, pitch their technical ideas to, you know, get funding and get the opportunity to make a real difference in their organization. So there's some chapters around around that as well. So people can do a, a bit of both. And I suspect actually, Tony, that's what most people will do. They'll do a bit of both. I mean the the chapter headings, if and I've got the your your chapters in here in front of me. I mean there's some definitely thought provoking ones to the point where like if you just said, oh I just want to kind of yeah that's a good one. I'll just look at that. Like I saw before is how to how to run effective or how to run effective meetings or something like that and um, yes I think it, the headline so the is of, the madness of meetings chapter 21 <laughs> the madness of meetings and I think a lot of people um you know can really relate to that it's like no no I, I when I have a meeting I just want it to feel like it's super effective and and perhaps you can influence the outcomes there so um and when I look at that it's in 16 pages so someone might go yeah I, i'm just going to take a look at chapter 21 and kind of focus in on that right yeah it's a you know that that probably is a 10 15 minute read um it might not even take that long because the um you know the content is um you know so consistent with as you were as you were alluding to you know we all spend far too much time in meetings 
where we're not contributing, we shouldn't be there, we're not interested in the topics. Um, th there are so many things that could be done. And, and most technical experts, whatever field they're in, Tony R, you know, they're really, really busy. So they've got far more requests for their expertise than they have time to deliver. Um, and there's nothing more irritating than knowing that they've got this huge to-do list um, and they're sitting in a meeting where they're adding no value and they're getting no value back. So, but they don't tend to think it's their responsibility to do something about it. And that chapter is very much about what you can do, um, you know, to make sure that you're attending the right meetings for the right amount of time for the right reasons and, um, you know, adding the value you need to. I, I have to say that I think a lot of the book is advanced common sense. It's not rocket science, um, but um, I think it, you know it helped. We, we, the feedback we've got is it really helps technical experts sort of review their own settings in their own roles and say, you know, what can they change so they can be spending more time on stuff that's really value add rather than you know the, the grunt work that's just really not valuable and they should have delegated to somebody else ages ago. Interesting. So when I think about it, and obviously being a salesman of books, um, I'm curious to know where it's kind of positioned. Do you do you feel it's for both? Is it for someone who's actually an external consultant um, who who is um, you know, a hired gun mercenary going into companies just doing specific project work and consulting work versus someone who's in house who's just in a senior role um, and they um they're an employee and and can it is it kind of for both or is is it really targeted to that external master expert uh, well i think it's um as you would know as a you know someone who knows more about books than, than i'll ever know um that choosing the right target audience and and the right voice for a book is really critical and we had lots of options um a lot of our clients are people in organizational development and, you know, in HR and they buy programs and what have you. Um, and then there's the, there's the leaders of expert teams who, who might or might not be an expert. That's another target audience. But in the end, Dominic and I decided that the target audience would be technical experts and typically who work in large organizations and um, are, are employees and have probably been there quite a while. And, you know, most experts, Tony, have and our research really bears this out, have probably spent 10 or 15 years getting super expert in a very narrow knowledge domain. Um, and there's all this other stuff, which we call enterprise skills, um, you know, sort of business acumen, interpersonal skills, collaboration skills, change skills, those sorts of things that they've not invested in. And this book really is to say, look, you know, to get up to the highest level of value you can be as an expert in your organization, you need to be a master of the technical genius, but you also need to be a master of those enterprise skills. And this book is designed to help them add those enterprise skills on top of their expert skills, you know, to make them a master expert. So we focused on internal. Um, I think external contractors, you know, would get value out of it. But um, if you're asking me who the precise target audience is, it's those people who are very committed to their organizations. They typically feel they could have way more value if they were given the chance. Um, and they're, they're waiting for someone to give them the chance. And this book says, you know what, make it yourself, you know, step forward and make the changes so that you earn it. You know, you earn that opportunity to add the value you really can at the top level. So what, when, what do you and Dominique do as consulting work? How, 
you know, why, why are you the master experts of writing a book about master experts? <laughs> That's a great question. And I, I'm, you know, there are moments every author goes through with, you know, you know, severe doubts about should I be writing this book and am I the expert and, you know, imposter syndrome and all that sort of stuff. So the, the simple answer to your question is that we, about sort of six or seven years ago, started working um, to build enterprise skills with experts in our client group. We, we, we run a leadership, pro, uh, a leadership company and we started working with experts seven years ago. We've, we've now worked with over 2000 around the world. Um, we've researched them, we've talked to them, you know, we've laughed with them, um, we've cried with a few of them um, in terms of you know, learning about the role. And, and the, the world of a technical expert is really quite different from a non-technical employee, and it's very different from a people leader. And we've, we've really focused on learning about what those differences are and, and then building those skills. So I'm sure there are lots of other people in the world who, you know, have worked with a lot of experts, but um, we were looking around for books that we could refer experts to in our programs that covered all of this stuff from an expert point of view and we couldn't find any so in the end we took the deep dive and um three years later you have 700 and whatever number of pages it is in your hands right now wow and and when when people um read this to those people who are working in organizations or consulting for themselves what's the kind of consensus like what is what what you know, you know going in and then coming out um can the, like if they don't get to do one of your programs but they got to read your book could they get a bit you know like a, is it almost like a doing the course but without being in the in the in the room or is it is it very different and and so you know how how they how do they put it down at the end they go all right i've got all these extra skills or you know or, or strategies to be more effective yes. what what's the what's the overall consensus yes look it's a very it's a very good question and and something we spent some time about so the book is arranged around some chapters saying um so so if i just take a step back it's it's arranged around a thing called a capability framework which most experts won't be interested in really from a technical perspective but it's the nine capabilities, if you like, that experts need to be really good at. And generally speaking, they're pretty good at two or three of them, like technical knowledge, you know, solutioning, maybe knowledge transfer. But the other six capabilities they're less good at because they haven't, not because they're naturally good at it, but because they haven't focused on, um, you know, learning those skills like market context, for example, they probably wouldn't know what that is. Most don't. But when they discover what it is and they realize how important it is, then they get really into it. So we we have a discussion about why those nine capabilities are important. Then we have a discussion about what the best experts do in delivering against those capabilities, like how you how you'd spot the really good people and what the tips and tricks are. And then the final piece of each of those sections is here are things you can start doing now to develop your skills in these areas. In other words, what we call growth opportunities. So the book has um, over 120 um, uh, suggestions for how they could go out and improve their skills and build their skills and, and, and deploy um, you know, greater value to the organization. So it's very practical from that sense. If you're on a program, whether it's run by us or, or other people who run these sorts of programs, 
Um, you're probably held more to a personal account, Tony, because you're going through a process where you had to turn up and see your coach every month. And, you know, have you done it or not, Tony? You know, uh, you said you were going to do X. Have you done it? You know, you're going to have that tough conversation with the stakeholder. Did you go and do it or not? Um, you know, and did you take into account what their KPIs are and so on? Um, so it requires experts who are reading the book to, you know, really commit to actually act on the things that they're reading about. Um, so that's probably, um, but in terms of all of the content, there's more content in the book than there would be on a program that you attend. So um, we've tried, we keep coming back to 700 pages, but we've tried to make it really comprehensive about the sorts of things experts have asked us that they want to know how to get better at. And, we, and we've tried to include as much of that as possible in the in the tomb, as it were. Interesting. So, um, I mean, I, I'm more of a, a workshop kind of learner like put me in the room so i can be the, don't ask me to sit down and, and work through a book I, I found out four years ago that i have adhd so um i'm not that great i'm better at listening to a book i'm not sure you're going to do an audio version of this um this might take about um eight days to listen to it um but um but is it is it kind of um in particular with the book versus the stuff that you're doing in the workshop like uh, is it going to be best suited for a certain learning style so someone who's actually really good at, at and you can tell the difference between certain personalities as they come into a room what they what they're good at and what they're not good at um, or is it really you know, everyone everyone can can work it um, I think it's an important question to ask because when someone buys a book like this and they go oh, I bought it, but it really, you know, really didn't hit the mark. I hate that when that happens. You know, I want to, I want to know that the expectation and the reality of the two, that uh, they thought they were going to get a book like this and they got it, which is then um, mission accomplished versus, oh, I bought that book and yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so great, but that's because the learning style was not, you know, didn't, didn't yeah. suit them. It was, it was too, it was too big, which as we said, it's, it's a big book, but more importantly, um, you know, the way that you get, so, so do you find that there's a difference you have to kind of think about or, or, or because you're dealing with kind of, you know, professionals who've probably done a degree and probably maybe even an MBA that actually it's very suited to that kind of person? Yeah, it's a good, I mean, again, great question. I think the, I'm, I'm, I'm in your category of, you know, wanting to touch things and get on things and do things and practice with things and, um, I want to have arguments with the person sitting on the table with me at a workshop and and um, and indeed that is very much what our workshops are like we we don't suggest that we have the answers we ask the experts in the room to figure out together what best practice looks like or next practice look like and they generally you know most technical experts are very smart they're very good at learning complex things but they do have different styles um, if I was to wildly generalise, um, Tony, I think maybe 75% of the people who come to our workshops are um, relatively introverted and they're very their learning style is very reflective. They like to read something and think about it and contemplate how it applies to them and how might this be applied in their particular work situation? Is it relevant or not relevant? Um, so I think for that group, um, less so for you and I, but for that group, it's ideal because, and, and the other thing that we've tried to do to make it very accessible is we've used lots of case studies all the way through it. 
So, you know, examples of real experts that we've worked with who had a particular problem in this area and what the mistakes they were making and then how they solved those mistakes and, and how they ended up. And I think the feedback that we've had from the people that have been pre-testing the book before we published it a few weeks ago um, was that they love the stories in it that bring bring to life the more you know complex um, things. I mean, bearing in mind, you would well know as a CEO that you know the further north you go in an organisation, the, the less precise things are. There's ambiguity. There's many options. You're dealing more with people than machines, you know, and, and as a consequence, you have to be able to deal with ambiguity and, and uncertainty and, and so on and so forth. Something that experts, by the way, are generally not very good at doing, you know. If you're an engineer building a bridge, you want it down to the millimetre, you know, otherwise the bridge might fall down. Um, and so when suddenly you're dealing with emotional stakeholders, you know, that's that's outside their comfort zone. So. I think that concept of being able to read about it, um, see how other experts have, have applied it. And then again, having that sort of, here's some things you could go away and do tomorrow to start building your skills in this area. Or, you know, here's a, here's a tool, for example, to go and use to have a really valuable conversation with a stakeholder where the, the relationship's suboptimal. Here's a way of going and having a, an adult conversation with that person to say, I don't think we're working brilliantly together. How do we fix that? You know, um, uh, there's there's lots of really practical. Yes, you can start doing this tomorrow stuff in the book, um, uh, but but it wouldn't. I think you know. I, I take one look at my own book. I wrote it, and I think God, I wouldn't want to read that. Um, it's seven hundred and twenty pages. So I think it's it is it is horse for courses, as they say. Yeah, but when I, that's a good point. So I mean, I, I look I look through the chapter headings and. And I, I can just share with the people listening. So, so um, for those that are, you know, you know, deliberating on on whether they should buy it or not, but the um, a converse, um, a chapter like building external networks, ten pages, great. Why don't you know? Just I'm going to just chunk that down. And I'm going to read what they've got about that. Can be really helpful for someone who perhaps is a bit introverted or very much focused on their 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 workload and and their technical expertise, but then they haven't sat to ponder what that might look like, and then to give them a framework to be able to go out there and go, yeah, I might, if I can increase my external network by twenty percent, then all of a sudden things start to change. Or let me get, let me just randomly um, um, becoming a student of our customers, or the one before that, yes. becoming a student of the competition. Four four hundred and fifteen to 408 pages on becoming a student of the competition. So what does that look like? Um, the, um, the art of knowledge curation. So that is 12 pages. So this is why I want people to hear as I'm kind of you know, talking to Alistair about the, about the book and about the areas that you, you can chunk it down and you could say to yourself, there's 50 pages. So I'm just gonna spend the next year um, 50, chap 50 chapters, one chapter a week, and just start to, you know, ponder about that and contemplate that and think about some of those things is, you know, is the invitation, I guess, that I'm making to people who are listening to this, thinking about whether they, you might want to buy the book. And I must admit, I, I probably should have had it in front of me because when you think about it, um, Master Expert, I'm just going onto our website now, um, 
ebook $48.50 and the book is selling for $48.80. So for less than $50, that's a pretty cheap course. Um, if you think about it like that. And that's what uh, and that's what I want to kind of impress upon those that are listening now. And the main look, it may not be for you, but you may know someone who might be interested in this or they're they're very dedicated towards their career. Um, they're they're very proud of, of what they do, but at the same time, anyone like that is going to be um, open to um, working out how they can be even more effective. And I can only imagine that you 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 take on 15 to 20 percent of what's in here, uh, the likelihood of you getting more career opportunities, more job offers, more headhunted, um, uh, perhaps promoted, um, is is um, is there for the taking. You must have seen that with all the over the last several years, people that you've done consulting work for. Yeah, and and you're you're making you know the best point of all, which is that you know there's lots in the book, but people I don't know anybody who works on all of it. That they, they pick the three or four things that they know that if they could improve their skills a little bit in that area would have big impact. And in fact, that's what we do. We say don't work on everything. Pick the stuff that if you made a small change you can have a big impact in your career. So you're, you're describing ideally the way it should be used. And, but, but sometimes also there's chapters that you don't think about you need, that you do need. So that's the other, you know, you know, just the ability to, I'm probably like you, I flick through business books and look at the pictures and, um, you know, I come across a model, I go, oh, that's interesting. And I re then I read the chapter about it. And, um, you know, it has whatever it is, 112 pictures in it. Um, so it's <laughs> it's not all words. Um, and you know, that is very much the way. What 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 applies to me that's going to be useful in, in my career in terms of adding that extra value that I know I can as an expert, but um, I'm, I'm struggling to get traction with. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. So so um, you obviously got a website. What um, if people wanted to reach out to you, Alistair, what's that? Yeah, so that's um, expertunity.global, so expertandunity.global, and um, you can find out um, there's, there's, there's lots of free content there. They could also go to expertship.com, and that's really what we're calling this. It's, you know, there's lots of leadership books. This, you know, is really the first book about expertship, we think, and you can go to expertship.com, and you can actually download some of the chapters for free there not very many, but a couple of them, um, just to give you a sense of what the book is like, if you, if you were, and, and, and can I just add, Tony, I think you just made a super point. Somebody, a lot of people will be listening to your podcast regularly, and they'll think this book isn't for me, but I guarantee you, they'll know someone who, um, you know, is, is desperately needs this type of book to really accelerate their career, and get past that stuck stage that technical experts sometimes get in, where, you know, they, they're so technical, they're really, really good, but they can't move beyond that, that one level they're in. So, um, you know, we've had a number of people buying the book for other people. And so I think it's a really good point. Mm. So is there anything that we haven't covered off in our uh, chat thus far that you'd like to kind of, kind of mention? Um, no, other than the fact that, um, you know, we love to get feedback on the book. Um, uh, you know, you can, uh, as I say, there's lots of resources that are available um on our on our various websites so please please do connect and um you know i really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about the book tony it's very generous of you no worries now um one thing then 
I'm a CEO. Um, do you feel that once you kind of get past a certain level and get it to, to the C-suite that the book is, I'm a gen generalist, so therefore it's not really suited for, for me. It's more for that layer of management underneath or what, what's your thoughts around, around that? Yeah, so we, we, we run two programs. One is one for experts and one is one for leaders of experts, particularly people who are generalists who are leading expert teams. That is to say, they've got employees who are far more technical than they are. Um, and as a CEO, it's really interesting, isn't it, that um, you'll have, you know, running Booktober, you'll have some really technical experts inside your organisation and they'll be presenting to you, um, you know, they'll be telling you how your website's going or whatever the case may be. There'll be lots of lots of technical people that you have employed. I do think um, the book, particularly some of the early chapters, help um, leaders of experts how people who employ experts understand how experts think and work. And that should translate into you um, being able to um, a motivate them better, uh, may maybe develop their skills better, um, uh, you know, potentially manage them better, set performance expectations. Um, it's not it's not specifically we have a lot of technical leaders. So, for example, C uh, CIOs, uh, people who are really running technical function, head of engineering, we do have lots of people like that buying the book and reading it, thinking about their role as talent developers of experts. Um, so that would where that application would be. But rather, like you said earlier on in the interview, um, there are some obvious chapters that are go-to chapters um, for uh, leaders. So as a leader of your technical experts, some of your technical experts, and I, I'm sure they're all brilliant in uh, Booktopia, and they're not lost all, but some of them are very technical and they make suggestions and solutions for you that are not taking into account the commercial environment in which you're operating, your competitors, they're not focused. You called out the chapter on becoming a student of your, uh, uh, of your um, customers. Most experts are not very good at that. Um, because they haven't really perceived it as being part of the job description. Um, so looking at those sorts of chapters and the leader saying, how do I get my experts better at that bit? Um, you know, the answer is in the book. Um, uh, the expert needs to want to do it, of course. Um, but um, so I, I think as, as a broad thing, it's written for experts, but there's a lot for leaders of experts to take out of it, um, particularly if you've got experts that you know could add more value, but they're stuck, um, then there's there's lots of tips and tricks in, in the book um, for, for people like that. And and before we close then, um, I'm a CEO of a company, 300 employees or something like that. Um, a question that you would ask um, if, you're, if you're meeting me to do some potential consulting work or uh, to talk about in, in your team, whatever it might be, a, a question that you would ask of a CEO that whoever's listening that might be a CEO and that then, even though I might answer it on behalf of myself and Booktopia, um, they can perhaps take that question and ask themselves the same question. What would you ask? You know, what is that? What is one of the things that you, you do ask a, a CEO? <laughs> Uh, I would um, I would ask you, Tony, whether you have a leadership conference every sort of six months or twelve months, and get your senior leaders together and 
strategize and i'm going to assume that you say yes to that because you're nodding vigorously in on, on the screen that i can see my second question would be if i'm allowed a second one how many technical experts attend that leadership conference and a lot of organizations perceive the leadership conference as something where people leaders attend but particularly in an environment like yours some of your individual contributors who are technical experts probably have as much to add at an innovative strategic level as some of your people leaders and are they invited to that conference do they know how to behave do they know how to ask the right questions do they have the ability to make right contributions um, indeed, are some of your technical experts paid more than some of your senior people leaders because actually they are at the heart of innovation of a lot of organizations. So in other words, you've got a very developed people leadership track, but do you have a really well developed expertship track? They're the sort of questions I would ask. Mm. And if you go to the high growth tech companies, they do. And that's part of their secret source. And for a lot of us, um, we need to start thinking much more about having investing in our technical experts uh, as much as we're investing in our, in our people leaders. Interesting. Yes, I was, nodding, I was nodding in the beginning, but it's actually really only starting that we have had um, kind of, I can't call them conferences, but we've certainly had uh, workshops or, or sessions day, yes. uh, day sessions where we kind of got together and um but our strategy team which has really only started to uh, form over the last six months uh, they are now working towards those half yearly kind of um get togethers but uh, in terms of some of the um, the experts within the organization geez i mean i think about the people and the talent that we have here it goes quite deep um yes as well so uh, to to have and to think about that and to think about what that that event might look like in terms of in terms of having a kind of a clear a clear whiteboard or a clear um, sheet of paper to go let's imagine something that's never been imagined before and to have the team start to dream up um, processes or offerings or customer centric experiences. To, you know, all those things that could then that have, that don't exist, then um, yeah, that that may be something that we can um, include. Um, one of the things I will share with you because we've just signed a new um, for a new office where we are in, here at Lidcombe, where we've been for several years, over seven years. Uh, it we've outgrown the space for our office space, so now there's the IT people need to be in another building and the, this customer service has to be over there and so forth. And it was very clear to me over the last few years, how that loss of collaboration and people being near each other and being able to feed off each other, which was part of the fabric of Booktopia's growth was, was starting to diminish. And even though now there's a lot more working from home, flexible working environment, and we've actually taken another 2000 square meters in the Rhodes business park, to bring everyone back together uh, so we can make sure that we continue to foster that. So that's even not even having kind of those those half yearly conferences, but just making sure that that happens um, and, and be part of our culture to hopefully have people say, actually, I prefer to be at the office to work because it's very nourishing. Yes. And, and uh, I think we've yeah. all experienced social isolation, working from home 
has its benefits when you really want to focus on something, but at the same time, it can be, it can, uh, it can be quite a, a void uh, in terms of what it, what you need to to thrive, and so having having that space as well. It's that it's that loss of all those incidental, you know, bumping into people over coffee or you know. The, the old sort of you know i think everyone calls it the water cooler conversations and what have you but also that ability just to um you know i, I made the comment earlier on that you know if you're going to to the ceos who are listening if you're going to invite the technical specialists up to your strategy sessions you you need to do some work with them first about you know understanding getting them to understand the the right questions to ask and brainstorming and what have you because Experts tend to very quickly close down creative conversations by giving you a big long list of things that are really difficult about the suggestion that's just been made. And that's not helpful in that environment. So I think I made the comment that they need to know how to behave. But once you can get them in the right, the right zone um, and you can get them understanding the, the, the greatest value will be working with our craft groups across the business, you know, to your point, breaking down those silos. That's where the magic in most organizations that as a leadership consultant, I've seen over the last 20 years where different parts of the organization respect each other, communicate and collaborate and, and seek to understand, you know, what the challenges of each of the different groups are rather than just working solos. Silos. Those organizations seem to be able to create customer value far quicker and far more sustainably than, than maybe some of the rest of us. Mm. What a great conversation. I think what I'd like to uh, leave everyone with in terms of my view of the book industry, and I know I've been in it for over 17, 17 years now, but I still feel like an outsider, um, is the um, because Alastair and Dominic's book is not going to be a Booker Prize winner or Miles Franklin award-winning um, book. But um, what I've loved about being in the book industry, how these there are these um, incredible, um, unique products that sit there that can really transform lives in so many ways. And, and that's what really appealed to me that it was the range of titles was so big and that obscure titles on how to raise chickens or do eco farming or to be a, a master expert um, can add such great value to people's lives. And that's, that's what um, that's what's so important. So congrats on finishing the book and, and having it as a calling card for the work that you do. And we wish you all the best and thanks for coming on the show. And we look forward to hearing over the years to come how, how everything's going. Well done. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you for the invite. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.